some more jazz. You recording? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Why? What? What? You know, uh, as a sensible woman. Al Pacino. Uh, I've never seen it. <laughs> okay. Was he a Marine? I don't know. I guess I guess that's the Marine thing, that's right? A, yeah, hoorah, Semper Fi is a Marine hoorah. thing. Oh, because you were a Marine? Yeah, I was a Marine, right, right. famously. I mean, you're, if you're a Marine, you're a Marine forever. That's you know? so true. Um, No, I'm not a Marine, nor have I ever been mm-hmm. in any of the branches of the armed forces. If you had to pick one, which one would you be in? Um, None of them. I think I'd want to be in Coast Guard. I can't swim very well. Yeah, I can't either. Yeah, so I don't think either of us should be in the Coast Guard. Yeah. Maybe I could be rescued by the Coast Guard. <laughs> that seems more <laughs> likely. Yeah, same. <laughs> well, uh, hi everyone, I'm Harper. I'm Jonathan. And this is Hawkeyes. Authentic knowledge and feelings. I feel it, I feel it. Okay, I know where you're going with this. You want a little cliff that makes everybody laugh and feel good. You know what I mean? Instead of saying, like, But I'm really not funny. No, no. And we shouldn't have a And uh, that was the theme song. And I can't believe you didn't let me do the intro. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay, let's start this over. Okay. What's up? Yo, yo, yo. DJ. Skippity Fresh. This is Haka. <laughs> What's my DJ name? <laughs> DJ. Vape Juice. <laughs> <laughs> Vaping is bad. Yeah. For your health. That's true. Who are you, the government? Are you a cop? Yeah. You used to tell me if you're a cop. Yeah, I am a cop. Oh, no. I'm a cop and a Marine. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, I know these things about you. No, I'm also not a cop, nor have I ever been. Okay. Um, Sounds like a real cop answer. <laughs> that's true. But they have to tell you, though. I don't think that's true. <laughs> I don't think that's true either. <laughs> They have to. to I think they. It's just that they have to identify themselves before they like you know serve a warrant and mm-hmm. enter your house. Yeah, I think that's really the only time they have to tell you they're a cop. They have to uh, identify themselves before they abuse your civil rights. Yeah, and they don't always do that. Yeah. So, uh, defund the police. Speaking of lawlessness, mm-hmm. lawless cops. Yeah. Uh, we watched In a Valley of Violence, mm-hmm. which is uh, a good old good old Ethan Hawke Western. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, before we get into that, though, I just wanted to address... We have to clear some... Clear house? No. What is that called? Um, keep house? No. Keep house. Housekeeping. Housekeeping. Yeah. yeah. We have some housekeeping. 
Um, a couple things. One, I want to acknowledge that I'm really behind on posting on the social media, like about three weeks behind. Mm-hmm. So um, all of the posts on social media are not up to date, and I recognize that, and I apologize to everyone. Uh, two, I would like to say, go check out What Ethan Hawk Are You? Mm-hmm. Um, it's really fun to do. Uh, it's basically, you know, that what blank are you Instagram meme. Yeah. Uh, so it was Jonathan's idea to set up an account. And it was your idea. Sort of, more or less. You said, I think you should get in on that. And I said, oh, I should do an Ethan <laughs> Hawk one. You don't think you specifically said I should do an Ethan <laughs> Hawk one? Yeah, but I don't. I, I don't know. I think I just. I. I. I think I was being sort of. Because I, I was saying it was no, a bubble. Yeah, I was saying it's a bubble, and you have to invest now before the yes, bubble bursts. Yes, but it was kind of a joke. But you're not wrong. It has over a hundred followers after like you know a week or two. Mm-hmm. And well, Ethan Hawke is a hot. Um, yeah, hot. He's hot. <laughs> um and. Yeah, and we get, like, a decent amount of engagement. I don't know. So, anyway, yeah, if you want to find out what Ethan Hawke you are, go to what Ethan Hawke are you on mm-hmm, Instagram. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And if you don't see your name there, uh, shoot me a shoot me a DM, and I'll, I'll make, put, make one for you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the third thing I wanted to say is that I have been reading, over the last 24 hours, the new Twilight book, Midnight Sun. Um, which is the first Twilight book, Twilight, but mm-hmm. from Edward's perspective, hot, hot. And um, I just wanted to acknowledge that there was an Ethan Hawke reference in the book. Uh, there's a part where she's talking, where Edward asks Bella about her favorite movies, and so she's just kind of like, you know, spewing them out as she thinks of them, and she says, Gattaca. She said, chewing a bite of apple with a thoughtful expression. She hadn't noticed my sudden mood shift. That was a good one. Have you seen it? Yes, I liked it too. Wow. Yeah, that okay. was it. So, Bella and Edward are confirmed hawkheads. And I love that for them. Yeah. Yeah. So, that's all. I wish I had some some housekeeping to do. Um, is there anything you need to know about me? Is there anything you need from me? I don't know. Do you have anything you'd like to? Do we need to check in or how? Are, how in? are you feeling? Yeah. Well, we live together. I know, but so. I mean, do, do you want to let the people know how you're feeling? Let the people know. Yeah. I'm feeling, you know, tense and nervous, and I can't relax. Psycho killer. Huh. No, I don't know. I feel okay. You know, I hope everyone else is doing okay. Mm-hmm. It's a tough time. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Um, yeah, my birthday is coming up. By the yes. time this episode yes. comes out, it'll be Happy shortly birthday. after. Thank you. Um, Happy and belated birthday. Yes, belated when this comes out. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I've just been feeling like... Like, I was feeling like it was going to be fine, but now that it's arrived, it's not even, like, a big landmark birthday or anything, and I usually, I don't, like, get, get depressed about, like, aging mm-hmm. or anything. That's not really my issue. But, yes, now I'm 33 years old. Um, no, I just am kind of starting to feel the quarantine birthday of it all. 
Um, like that it's a bummer that I'm not going to be able to see people and celebrate it in the way that I usually would. Mm -hmm. I know it's like on the grand scheme of things happening in the world right now, not a big deal, Mm -hmm. but I do quite like birthdays. They're very important to me. So yeah, it'll be okay. I mean, you know, we'll do zoom calls or whatever, Mm -hmm. but yeah. Anyway, um, this is all just a big ploy to get people to send me birthday messages. So thanks, everyone. (laughs) For the messages you already received. Yes. Because it's already happened. Yes. Right? Yeah, it's in two days from now for us. But four days in the past. Yeah, that's right. Math. I'm so good at math. You're really good at math. I'm so good at math. Ask me any math question. I have to think of one first. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Because I already have the answer. <laughs> 543. Yeah, you, you just, you uh, but you know, you didn't pursue mathematics because you touched the hem of math and that was I stuff did. for you. And that's all I needed. Yeah. That's all you needed. Um, But we're not talking about Maggie's plan today. No, we're talking about a different kind of plan. Yeah. We're talking about a different kind of rodeo mm-hmm. talking about a different kind of pickle jar <laughs> yeah yeah so it's in a valley of violence directed by ty west i think or yes. t west ty. ty yeah i would assume it's ty too but it's spelled ti which i've never seen before except for ti <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah i thought uh it was kind of interesting he seems to mostly be a horror, horror director yeah. oh, someone did their research today well i i googled his name and i saw the movies he directed mm-hmm. so yeah i haven't um actually seen any of his movies except for he directed one of the parts in vhs oh really yeah and Which so we have seen, right? i have seen that movie but i was reading the description and i could not for the life of me remember that portion mm-hmm. it was something about like a couple going to like a western themed um amusement park or like a ghost town or something and then there's like an intruder that steals something and then kills them hmm. yeah i think i do remember that yeah, I don't remember it at all. But I did spend most of VHS covering my eyes mm-hmm. because VHS two was. Yeah, scarier. I thought VHS two was scarier and also not as good. Well, VHS two, I think what it was was that it had one really scary vignette. Mm-hmm. Like VHS, like they were all uh, roughly about as scary as each other. But VHS two had one in the middle that was just like. Was it the cult one the with cult the big one, thing? Yeah. yeah, that was yeah cults man yeah speaking of cults this cult movie you know like you could describe movies as cult i was gonna say cult oh. classic, but i don't think it's yeah earned that title no i don't think so either um i thought you were gonna say the cult of personality around the sheriff and his son in the in the town mm. yeah this town seems to have like 12 people in it yeah if that well because it was a mining town but then the mine dried up so uh all the all the men left really except for the few people that were left behind yeah um yeah so it's a nice way to have a low budget you know yeah that's true to have a town that's almost empty don't need extras yeah 
Yeah, it's empty, and then the people that are there, I think, were, like, hiding because of the violence. Mm-hmm. So, you know. Yeah. Yeah, so you really just have, like, your core cast in this movie. Um, So, yeah, so Ethan Hawke is... uh, It's just him and his dog and his, and his horse. horse. Mm-hmm. And he's and wearing a face mask. Yes, he is wearing a face mask. I said COVID fashion in my notes. He's wearing a bandana. Yeah. Um, yeah, so he's on his way to Mexico when a man calls out to him for help. And the man is like a preacher or a priest or something. And yeah. uh, he talks a whole lot. And then he pulls the gun on Ethan Hawke. Yeah, because he wants his horse. Mm-hmm. Um, and then this is kind of when we first see how impressive this dog actor is mm-hmm. uh the dog mm-hmm. is named abby mm-hmm. and uh she uh on command like attacked the priest yeah yeah all it took was a whistle yeah um yeah no this dog is so good um <laughs> i was looking up reviews of this movie and basically all of them were about the dog <laughs> <laughs> did you catch the dog's name abby oh the real dog yeah the real life dog no jumpy jumpy yeah oh that's cute yeah it's kind of a weird name for a dog but it's cute well that's the dog is good at jumping the dog is good at jumping that's true mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um yeah so there were some good ethan hawk lines even like early on in this exchange with the priest um he says I stopped listening to men like you a long time ago. Yeah. yeah and he's real down in that gruff cowboy register. Yes, yes. Um, he doesn't talk too much in this movie. That's kind of part of his character is that he's, uh, he mostly talks to the dog, yes. but he doesn't talk very much with other he people. Is the man with no name esque. No Blondie. From the good, the bad, the ugly. Oh yeah. I started watching that movie and did not finish watching that movie. Blondie. Is that Clint Eastwood? Yeah. But it's not one of the ones he directed. Yeah, I know. I just meant was that character that you're referencing. Is that Clint Eastwood? Yeah. Yeah. Blondie. That's the character's name. But he's like, he doesn't he doesn't have a name in the... Um, yeah. Oh, so another really good Ethan Hawke line in this scene. I have like three. Mm-hmm. It's just the scene is so good. Um, I mean, the scene itself was, like, not great. I didn't think that the whole encounter with the priest was, like, you know, did a lot for me. But I did mm-hmm. think that the dialogue was pretty good. Um, Ethan Hawke says, I promised my dog I wasn't going to kill anyone on this trip. And I don't want to break that promise today. Yeah. Yeah. And then um, he ends up taking the the priest some of his supplies, like his water and whatnot. And then he leaves and he goes, well, the devil's looking for me. You can tell him I'm heading to Mexico. Yeah. Which was fun. Like, I just felt like I I just really enjoyed how much fun Ethan Hawke probably had being a cowboy. I think that's all he he wants to. Yeah. Yeah. We're kind of entering his um, his cowboy era Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. because we watched this one and then we're coming up on The Kid Mm -hmm. and Magnificent Seven. So... A, it's a big western phase for ethan hawk and i think probably his book indie tales of the apache or whatever mm-hmm. it's called i can't remember but i think that also came out around this period 
That's fun. Yeah. Um, yeah, so... I think we got the intro. Yes, it's a very fun title sequence. It yeah, felt it's very... Like red, it's like red, white, and black animated. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like... I called it as... I described it as James Bond meets Good and the Bad and the Ugly. Mm-hmm. Because the music also in this part also sounds like Good, Bad, and the Ugly. Mm-hmm. And then the title sequence is kind of James Bondy, where it's like animated and things like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it did kind of remind me of um, Hateful Eight a bit, which you haven't seen that, right? No. You should. I feel like you should see that. It's long, but it's like it's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, I. You know, there's something about like a modern take on a western. That all of them kind of have this, there's some kind of like unifying spirit, I think, in modern westerns. You know, not necessarily like Hell or High Water, which I feel like it's kind of its own story, you know, its own thing, Mm -hmm. like its own entity. It doesn't feel like an homage to a western. It feels like it is a western, you know, but for these like modern movies that are like so homage heavy to right. to western so like this movie and hateful eight i feel like there's something about them like that you can you can tell that the person that made them really loves westerns and there's some like i don't know there's like probably like some set of films outside of westerns or some kind of like genre that they also appreciate outside of westerns like horror or like thriller that kind of vibe well the what that would be would be samurai movies yeah Because, like, um, Magnificent Seven is based on a samurai movie. Right. The Good and the Bad the Ugly is based on a samurai movie. So, a lot of these these are based on samurai movies. Mm -hmm. So, I think that's kind of... That's, that's like, an interesting crossover between Mm -hmm. the two. Cross-genre, cross-cultural. Mm-hmm. Totes. Um, yeah, so Ethan Hawke goes into this small, almost empty town mm-hmm. that's uh, just over the over the hill, and it's called Denton, and he rides in, I wrote down, OMG Westworld. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's that same kind of Western facade. Yes. Movie town. Yes. Yeah. But, like, this town is even smaller. Yeah. <laughs> This is like as small as the old West Town gets. Mm-hmm. It's basically like one little street and then like one side street. Mm-hmm. And that's it. Yeah, which makes it pretty interesting towards the end when there's like a lot of shooting going on mm-hmm. because there aren't too many places to hide. Yeah. I want the guy from Sinister is in this. The other, the cop. Yeah. Yeah. So I was the entire time. <laughs> yeah. The entire time I was trying to figure out who he was and it's James Ransone. Mm-hmm. This is actually the third uh, time we've seen him in an Ethan Hawke movie. Really? Yeah. Sinister um, and Cymbeline. Oh, right. He okay. was. Yeah. 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 And um, not an Ethan Hawke movie, but he was in Tangerine as well. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Dakota shared that with us on mm-hmm. the Cymbeline episode. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm um yeah so i thought he was pretty fun in this like i i liked him a lot i enjoyed him a lot more in this than i did in sinister Mm -hmm. where i felt like he was going for something kind of weird but it didn't totally work 
But yeah. in this movie, he was going for something weird and over the top, and it did work. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, so James Ransone plays Gilly. Uh, and he's kind of like the big man in town. Yeah, or he fashions himself yes. as such. Yeah. Um, his his father is the, sh- the marshal. Mm-hmm. Um, so he kind of gets to do whatever he wants. Yes. Um, and he says, it's like in the first, like, 15 minutes of the movie, he says the title of the movie. Yeah. He says, do you know what they call this place? They call it Valley of Violence. Um, so that was fun. Yeah. Yeah. So he kind of instigates a fight with Ethan Hawke. Yeah. Ethan Hawke just shows up to this, like, bar. He's just trying to pass through. He's, you know, he's trying to get from point a to point b and point b is mexico mm-hmm. and point a is the past <laughs> and he's at this bar and he asks for like a cup of water and then the guy's like you want anything else and he's like nope just water and a bowl for my dog gave him an accent that he didn't have but yeah um and he's just trying to like you know stay hydrated social distance we get it man you know it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's you know then someone else decides that mm-mm-mm. uh he gilly mm-hmm. gets all up in his business basically yeah so he uh challenges ethan hawk to a quote-unquote fair fight you know no weapons no no backup just one-on-one yeah and um ethan hawk doesn't want to do it he doesn't want to get involved. He just wants to, like, you know, get his supplies and move on. Yeah. Uh, but then Gilly threatens his dog. And we learn at this point that it's the one thing you should not do to Ethan Hawke. His character's name no, is no, no. Paul, by yes, the way. Yes. Uh, one thing you should not do. And uh, so Ethan Hawke takes a shot of whiskey and he heads out and he just punches Gilly straight in the face and knocks him out in one punch. Yeah, he passes the bowl, which was for his dog, and then Gilly catches it instinctively and like looks down and then he just punches him in the face. Yeah. And he just you know, out cold. KO. Yeah. Yeah. It was uh it was very swift. Yeah. Like you kinda think that oh, this is a Western, this is going to be a whole thing. And it really was not a whole thing, this no. scene. Um, yeah, this is the point also where we see um, Gilly's girlfriend or fiance, Ellen, who's played by Karen Gillan. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's very fun. I love her. I think she did a great job in this movie being kind of like a, a silly Western yeah. woman. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so she... After Gilly gets, you know, punched down, she, like, freaks out and she goes to help him. But then she's, like, all weird about the blood. And it's, uh, mm. you know, comedy moment. Yes. Um, I haven't seen those new Jumanji movies, but I'm sure she's good in them. That's kind of a... I haven't seen them either. Yeah. I know her from Doctor Who. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, no, I just mentioned Jumanji because I think I know her from other people knowing her from Doctor Who. <laughs> I just mentioned Jumanji because I think that's supposed to be kind of like a comedic uh, part for her. Mm-hmm. More so than Doctor Who, which had its funny moments, but was, you know, Doctor, Doctor. Who. Uh, yeah, I also do want to call out David Ehrlich 
from IndieWire and his review of this movie, he spelled it D-R period who when he referenced Jerry. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Unbelievable. That That's so wrong. So wrong. Um, even I know that. Yeah. Even you know that. Even I know that. Yeah. You can't spell it that way because the nerds get mad. Yeah. The and nerds do get mad. And you don't want the nerds to get mad. You don't want that. Why? Because. There's so many of us. They're maladjusted. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Um, so, yeah. Another big uh, casting thing. Tessa Farmiga plays mm-hmm. Karen Gillan's sister. I'm a big fan of her um, from American Horror Story primarily. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was in seasons one and three at least and okay. that's kind of when i stopped watching after which one was season three the um i think you watched that one that was the witches oh yeah coven. i think that one yeah yeah and which one was one murder house that was like the original one where they're a family living in a house and there's ghosts i don't think i saw that one yeah i watched yeah i think which is the witch one was the only one i watched and then i watched we watched some of the clown one mm-hmm. freak show mm-hmm. yeah that was a spooky clown yeah asylum was good that was a really good season of that i don't show. think i watched that yeah it was i remember spooky. the ads wasn't it the one where like the dude in the gimp suit climbing out of the wall or whatever no that was the first season oh okay with the gimp suit all right I'm murder house far back yeah murder house is the gimp suit um and yeah and like really strong like nirvana school shooting vibes in the first season <sighs> Uh, you know um yeah and i mean that's like the one of the plot lines is uh yeah anyway and twisted nerve plays while he's like walking down the hallway shooting the other kids in the school it's like a whole thing um and season two was asylum which Mm -hmm. was people in an asylum in like the 60s or something and james cromwell was like a nazi scientist i think Mm-hmm. and james cromwell who's was in a couple early ethan hawk movies mm-hmm. um and i think he also and there was like someone in the asylum who claimed to be anne frank and she maybe actually was anne frank i can't remember it was a lot that season was a lot yeah wow but i remember sarah paulson being really good she's always really good you know mm-hmm. yeah I don't know. I clearly don't remember very much about that season except for thinking it was good. Anywho, yeah, so Tessa Farmiga. Love her. Love to see her. Little Vera Farmiga Jr. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you know her from? Oh, I guess Coven. I guess. I, I've just seen her and, you know, she just looked familiar. Mm-hmm. Like, I've seen this girl before. Yeah. Um, yeah, so Tessa Farmiga and Karen Gillan, their characters... Uh, Marianne and Ellen, respectively. Mm-hmm. Um, they run the hotel in and town. It's not a brothel. It's not a brothel. She's very clear about that. She talks a lot, which I thought was really fun. I think she did a good job of talking a lot. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was a fun contrast to Paul, who doesn't talk very mm-hmm. much. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. So, she kind of is chatting a lot. And we, we learn kind of a, uh, there's a lot of exposition in this scene that we get from her just because she's so chatty it's not it's not bad exposition it actually feels very natural Mm -hmm. because she just feels like someone who hasn't seen a stranger in a long time so she's like excited to talk to someone new uh so she loves the dog abby she thinks it's very cute um and uh oh this is the first time we hear this kind of like a a running 
exchange that happens in the movie she says uh does she do any tricks and then ethan hawk says she bites yeah and we hear that again later um yeah and then she runs a bath for ethan hawk and uh they they kind of chat a little bit while he's in the tub mm-hmm, mm-hmm. she's like oh don't worry about it i've seen everything and that's when she talks about how it's not a brothel right yeah yeah and shortly after that he meets uh jt john yes. travolta john travolta another major casting moment for this yeah. movie who plays um the gilly's father and the marshal of this town mm-hmm. law man He's got a wooden leg mm-hmm. and they, John Travolta and Ethan Hawke have a sort of connection because they're both military men. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's some level of understanding, but John Travolta is basically like, look, you know, you punched, you punched my son. Now you need to get the heck out of Denton. Mm-hmm. Understandable. Understandable. John Travolta is eminently reasonable in this movie. Yeah. You know, he's like the most reasonable guy in this movie. Oh, yeah. He's because he's like everything he says, you're like, yeah, this makes sense. Like, I get where you're coming from, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, uh, you want him out of town. All right, I get it. Yeah. It kind of reminds me of uh, uh, Rambo, where like Ethan Hawk just rolls through. He's the silent type, and he like trouble finds him, you know? He's not looking for trouble, but trouble finds him. Yeah. And because trouble finds him, he has to use his special skills. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. You know? You saw that movie, right? Randy? I did finally see I'm that sorry, movie. sorry, First Blood? Uh, yes, First Blood. Uh, I did see that movie when we were in Utah in the final days before lockdown. Yes. Um, yeah, I'd never seen it before. Mm-hmm. And I, we saw it, I watched it in a cabin in Utah. Yeah. Felt really, I don't know, natural. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was kind of like, this movie is kind of like that. Yeah, just like the story structure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, things just kind of yeah get out of hand mm-hmm. yeah exactly um a little bit about that exchange with john travolta his character does say chink which like feels really unnecessary because mm-hmm. there's like i didn't feel like the dialogue in this movie felt too of that time like it felt right. pretty updated like there weren't you know too many you know they had accents but that was maybe the only thing that kind of indi- and they said there were a few I mean, like, situational things that they said, you know, that suggested this was a Western during this period of time. But, like, I didn't think that he needed to, like, they needed to include the word chink to, like, show anything. Right. It felt felt unnecessary. Mm -hmm. Um, So, just negative points for that, I would Mm -hmm. say. Mm -hmm. Just didn't need it. I I was just, yeah, I was just kind of shocked by it. I don't know how you feel, but no, that's yeah, that's reasonable. Yeah, yeah. I don't think it was necessary either. Um, yeah, but anyway, um, so yeah, so Ethan Hawke tries to get out of town. Yes, he doesn't get too far, but he gets far enough, and he kind of camps out, makes a fire, and uh, it's nightfall. Mm-hmm. And oh. Abby- uh, just before you get too into the scene, there was another really good um, like dog stunt moment mm-hmm. where Ethan Hawke's talking to the dog and the and she like lies down to go to sleep, 
And he's like, what, don't you want your blanket? And so then the dog rolls over, kind of gets the blanket on top of herself and rolls over so that she's like a little dog burrito. Yeah. Yeah, I thought yeah, that was good. Very talented dog. Yeah. Anyway, continue. Yeah, and Abby, uh, Ethan Hawke is trying to sleep on the cold, hard ground. And Abby starts barking and Ethan Hawke's like, ah, oh, go to sleep. Which, like, okay, you know, if you're a dog owner in the city... Sometimes your dog will just be barking at something, you know, the postman or something else. Mm-hmm. If you're out in the Wild West mm-hmm. and your dog starts barking, I think you should pay attention. Yeah, I agree. There's probably uh, uh, an- another animal that you want to be aware of mm-hmm. or a parson mm-hmm. or, uh, you know. A big storm, maybe? Yeah. An earthquake? If your dog is barking out in the Wild West, then, y- you know, y- wake up. Because he's like, oh, shush, Abby. It's like, no, don't shush, Abby. Abby's right. Abby's on to something. Yeah. And that something is... um, Gilly. Gilly and the gang. And his men. Yes. There's three of them. Yeah. So, um, yeah, they just shoot Abby. They shoot the dog. It's fucked up. And uh, Ethan Hawke is, is startled awake, finally. Yeah. And he goes to to help abby but then the guys you know hold him back mm-hmm. yeah and they they won't let him help abby yeah and then gilly eventually just stabs stabs abby with a knife yes and this is like kind of the the tough guy sort of emotionless facade for ethan hawk sort of fades away because mm-hmm. he's like he's very just visibly emotional that his dog is being hurt yeah and i thought that was kind of a good uh a good choice for him to not be like stoic or anything like that to him mm-hmm. for him to be actually emotional and like plead for because it's you know i mean it's kind of the trope in like westerns to have the you know like i said clean eastwood type character who doesn't show any emotion or anything like that but here you're like oh he's a real person he actually feels bad and all that stuff Mm-hmm. Yeah. Some, some 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 motion to the antihero. Yeah, and I think the other thing that we kind of get is that, um, and we get this mostly from Ethan Hawke talking to the dog, you know, offhandedly saying things about his life yeah. before, but Ethan Hawke has abandoned his previous life pretty right. much, and the only thing he's taken with him is the dog. Yeah. So the dog is like a really he has like is like a huge emotional tether like the only thing left in this world that he's really connected to yes so it is a it's a huge moment when the dog is killed yeah and we learned that this dog is uh gillies just has some knowledge about these things and this dog is he's just like based on the way the dog looks and the type of dog it is whatever that it's from a native tribe mm-hmm. and that's where ethan Hawke got it from and this is the whole reason he's going to mexico is because he was in the war and he and they were like sent to kill a bunch of natives and he like didn't want to return home after that he couldn't mm-hmm. go back to his family so he took the dog from the tribe and then left yeah um yeah and then they the three gilly has the guys toss ethan hawk off the side of a cliff yes um kill his dog and they throw him off a cliff yeah do you think it's important to note that there's one guy 
um, Harris. Who's not so... Yeah, he's not really keen on this. He's like, Gilly, do you think we should stop now? Like, and then uh, when they're, you know, holding Ethan Hawke over the side of the cliff, um, the other two guys let go, but he holds on to him and he doesn't want to let go. But ultimately they like, you know, peer pressure him into into letting him go and then when they do he you know he falls down but it's nighttime and you can't really see what's going on so he says sh- we should go down there and make sure that we killed him mm-hmm. which is like the correct thing to do for a number of reasons one it's humane mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. uh you know if you're gonna kill someone you should like just really do it uh two for their own safety because we see what happens next he does not die yeah and he does come back for them Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah um but before he before he wakes up we see this kind of like uh blair witchy uh nighttime horror movie and i feel like this is where you could really see the horror director uh come out um but yeah it's like kind of like a round blurry edged uh look and um it's like flashes of ethan hawk at nighttime like killing native americans yeah um yeah and so he's he's remembering this while he's unconscious or he's you know dreaming of it while he's unconscious yeah um but yeah so then he wakes up and that's that's kind of i don't know i understand what the what the effect of that is is that we like learn more about where he came from and his emotional state yeah but i didn't really love the look of it the the way it stood out against the rest of the movie because i actually really like the western look of this movie i liked the color scheme that it was kind of like bland and i liked the style and how it was shot um and i felt like that part was kind of unnecessary yeah i think it was also narratively unnecessary because we just had the scene where gilly like says these things he sort of surmises them and you know that's enough i think mm-hmm. you know we don't need to we don't really need to know any more than that we don't need to see it to believe it you know yeah i mean i think if anything like what could have been more useful there as some kind of like flashback would have been something about his his wife and daughter who we later learn about you know like if you had to put something in there i think it, but i, I don't think even it just think, needs yeah. nothing yeah like yeah. i think that like westerns are at their best when they're like as spare as possible i feel like mm-hmm. and this movie was really spare and and i think that was the moment of i mean the movie is overindulgent but it's overindulgent in different ways mm-hmm. and this is overindulgent in the wrong way i think yeah i agree yeah um so yeah so after that unnecessary scene hot cries hot cries is that when we don't like something in an ethan hawk movie no that's there's a that's the caption when he wakes up uh um, watching with subtitles yes and says, hot cries oh yeah because i have a hard time hearing I have to take note of that hot cries because mm-hmm. hawks yeah hawk facts hawk facts ethan hawk yes hot cries quick mass <laughs> what quick mass just the way you said hot cries made me think of quick baths. What is that? Two plus two is four. Quick baths. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Quick baths. Yeah. What was that from? It's from that Man's Not Hot song. Man's Not Hot. Yeah. yeah. Two plus two is four. Minus one, that's three. Quick baths. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Um, <laughs> yeah, it just made me think of that. I used to say that all the time. Yeah, because it's really funny. It is funny. Um, yeah, so Ethan Hawke wakes up the next day, and he's, he's bloody, but he's alive. Yes. And it didn't even really seem like the blood was from hitting the rocks on the way down the cliff. Like, it seemed like it was just from the dog. Because remember he, when mm-hmm. Gilly stabs Abby, um, then he takes the knife and, like, wipes it on Ethan Hawke's neck. Yeah. So it seemed like that was actually most of the blood. Yeah, I thought it was from the makeup department, but I guess it was from the dog. <laughs> That's true. Um, yeah, so he... But he's surprisingly fine. Yeah, he's surprisingly <laughs> fine. And he's walking. He's trying to get his get back to town. And on his way, he runs into that priest again. Yeah, this fucking guy. Yeah, and then he... Now he's, like, without a horse. So he takes the priest mule yeah. to ride into town. And uh, he also takes his gun and his bullets. Mm-hmm. And he... But he leaves him the whiskey. Yeah, he's like, what, what does a priest need uh, bullets for? And he's like sinners yeah it's like, oh man this priest is not so great yeah yeah the actor that played the priest i'm gonna look him up real quick because he is british for sure uh-huh and um yeah, he, and he he had an accent for sure yeah he was in he sounded like irishish almost he might have been in i want to say he was in torchwood which is the doctor who spinoff just a moment which is different from deadwood it is different from deadwood is deadwood a western thing yeah is torchwood a western thing no oh why is it called torchwood then uh it's an anagram of doctor who really yeah they used it oh, as like when a you spell it out yeah, yeah. A doctor yeah yeah i forgot because that's how doctor who Wait, is where's spelled. the w a wood, wood. yeah wow yeah well because they used it as like a temporary name when they were like developing the show mm-hmm. they were like oh i guess that's just the name of the show now that's a very like riddler thing to do you know mm-hmm. um yeah so he was in torchwood he was owen harper in torchwood which is why I like, oh, harper you know mm-hmm. i like to acknowledge that's characters with name harper oh and he was also in pacific rim and the sequel um and i think he was also in if i remember correctly the show the hour which i liked with ben wishaw and uh he was like a russian spy in that then you are a russian spy do you remember that from what salt that movie with angelina Angelina Jolie? jolie i forgot that movie as i was watching it i didn't see it but i just remember the trailer where the guy's like then you are a Russian spy. <laughs> That's probably why you remember it better than I did, because you just saw the trailer. Yeah. Um. Not as good as taking lives. <laughs> I'm just kidding. They're probably about the same. Um. So. So yeah. So he takes the mule and he goes off to see Tessa Farmiga, to help, like, kind of patch him up before yeah. he goes out to kill all of the men that wronged him. Uh, and then he reveals some things about himself, that he uh, has the wife and daughter, and yes. that he's not a good man, and that she deserves a good man. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. she's kind of like an indignant about it, and she's like, you know, I'm good enough for the both of us. Yeah. That kind of thing. 
but also she's 16 and as the character is 16 and also Tessa Farmiga is probably is young enough to be Ethan Hawke's daughter right uh and it was I was like okay this is happening and it was fine until towards the end when I started to have more of a problem with it you know Mm -hmm. what I mean Mm -hmm. not like it was fine but like I accepted it you know when it was first presented i was like what the hell Mm -hmm. but then i was like okay i guess this is happening but then towards the end again i was like what the hell right anyway but um yeah one thing i really liked in the scene again it's like ethan hawk has some really killer lines and he does like deliver them very well uh he says about about killing he says i'm not done not yet and it's not done with me either that's so good. Like mm-hmm. he has some really good like Western lines. Yeah. Um, he also says, uh, "It's a big old world. Everyone's suffering." That was maybe my most Ethan Hawke line with the mm-hmm. movie. Mm-hmm. I liked that a lot. Did you have a most Ethan Hawke line? Uh, I I with the part where he says to his dog, "Words don't come easy." That was good. Yeah. Yeah, so he leaves Tessa Farmiga and she's mad at him for not, you know, agreeing to take her with him. Yeah, after... she says, yeah, she'll, that she'll help him. Yeah, she offers to help him, like, you know, because she knows where all the men will be. Yeah. And, um, although not that it's that hard to find them in this town. There's, like, four buildings. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, she offers to help and uh, then he says, no, I don't want your help and I can't take you with me. Um, so then she's mad and she goes back to the hotel. She goes to the hotel to tell Karen Gillan what's going on. Mm-hmm. But before she gets the chance, she has to like run a bath. She has to like warm up the bath for one of the guys, um, Roy, mm-hmm. who's one of the three men that were with Gilly. And um, and he makes some kind of lewd comments to her, which were uncomfortable. Right. And then when she leaves, Ethan Hawke is there and he covers her mouth so she doesn't scream and he takes the razor from her hand because she was there with a a shave kit for Roy. Um, And then Ethan Hawke takes it and he goes in and he slits Roy's throat while he's in the tub. Yeah, Roy's like, all right, he has a towel on his face. He's like, I said no shave. And then, and then he, he'd like, he really, I, I, this was, this was the most graphically violent scene. He doesn't even like do it right away either. Yeah. He cuz that's what I thought he would do. I thought he would just like slit his throat right mm-hmm. there, but he removes the towel so he knows it's him. Yeah. He's like, "Put your hands in the tub." Yeah. And then he slits his throat. Yeah, I thought the like put your hands in the tub was like really wild cuz it's like you have to you're like you're you know truly not fighting back in your own death. It's mm-hmm. It was heavy. Yeah, it was yeah. intense. Uh yeah, and then my next note is it's bloody. It's a lot yeah. of blood. That bathtub just fills up with blood. Yeah. Um and then yeah, after that then the whole John Travolta comes, Gilly comes, the other two guys are all there, and then uh Karen Gillen sees two and Mary Ellen, uh Marianne, whatever, Chase Farmiga. The gang's all there, uh distraught about Roy's death. And this is when John Travolta learns that they yeah. they went after Ethan Hawke, even though he explicitly told them not to. Yeah. 
Um, and that's kind of when the whole uh, action, action starts. starts. Yeah. Oh, I also. Is there only one L in Marshall? I felt really crazy. There's a sign in the town that says Marshall. Like it's his, you know, office or the I jail think or whatever. Marshall, like Thurgood Marshall. It's two, two L's. L's like think, Marshall a name is with two L's, but yeah. Marshall an occupation is with one L. I think maybe, yeah. Interesting. I just never considered that before. Not a big deal. I just really had a... Yeah, Marshall's with one L. Okay, interesting. Did you ever watch In Plain Sight? Marshall, Marshall, Marshall. There's a article using Marshall, M-A-R-T-I-A-L, and Marshall, 1L, and Marshall, 2Ls. Marshall, Marshall, Marshall. That's pretty good. Um, in the show In Plain Sight with Mary McCormick, mm-hmm. uh, there's a character and his name is Marshall Marshall because he's a federal, he's a U.S. Marshall and his mm-hmm. last name is Marshall. Mm-hmm. So they all call him Marshall Marshall all the time. It's funny. Nice. Yeah. That was a good show. Uh, USA. Characters welcome? I think so. Yeah. So, yeah. So Gilly really sucks. We, we've, we've known this, but he really solidifies this during this period. Yes. Um. See, uh, John Travolta's like, uh, you guys come with me, and Gilly, you protect the women, basically. Yeah. And um, he's just a real. You don't want to do it, Dick. And then John Travolta's like, no, you're gonna do it because you fucked everything up already. Yeah. So you get this job where you just sit in one place and don't do anything. Yeah, and while he was there with them, um, he. Uh, we, like, he learns that Taysa Farmiga had, had previously spoken with Ethan Hawke, and that yeah, she, she knew. she volunteers this information. Yeah. I mean, I get that she's 16, but that's some foolishness. Yeah. And then he, he, like, pushes her up against the wall, and then beats her down, and then kicks her repeatedly. Yeah. Um. And then he's, like, gonna shoot her. Yeah. And then, um... Karen Gillan gets butt between the two of them. Yeah, and then she's like, she reveals that she's pregnant. Yeah. And he's like, do you think this is really the time to be telling me this? Yeah, and she, which it, it is. It is, yeah, because she's trying to keep him from... Ethan Hawke is going to kill him. Yeah. 100%. Yeah, so like he was going to go out and go after Ethan Hawke, but she was trying to be like, no, wait, I'm pregnant, don't go. And he's like... Not now. Yeah. What a fucking mess. Yeah. He's a dum dum. Yeah. Um Yeah, so he goes out anyway. And meanwhile, uh Ethan Hawk is just kind of like systematically killing everyone else and all the other guys. Yeah, John Travolta's sort of masterminding it. He's like, Alright, we're gonna get this guy let's be strategic about this. So he sends uh Harris up on the roof, the guy that didn't mm-hmm. really want to kill Ethan Hawk. That's the first person Ethan Hawke kills. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he goes up on the roof. Yeah. Well, he, and he goes and he tells Harris to shoot. Yes. Uh, Tubby and John Travolta. Yes. Um, and, uh, but he can't do it. So then Ethan yeah, Hawke like, shoots, shoots him. Yeah, shoots at their feet, basically. Mm-hmm. And Ethan Hawke shoots him and then 
he's like thrown off the roof. Yeah. And Tubby sees uh, him get thrown off the roof. Yeah, and it's pretty traumatizing for him. He just doesn't want to. Yeah, and Tubby's like die. telling him like, "I'm not Tubby. Yeah, my name is I don't remember what his name was. Uh, yeah, I think Lawrence. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and then Josh was like, "Fine, like, I'll call you whatever you want." Lawrence, Larry, whatever. Get away from the goddamn window. <laughs> and then, of course, immediately, yeah, Larry gets shot through the window. Yeah. Which is pretty good. That was good. It was good timing. You knew you knew exactly what was gonna happen. You were still satisfying. You know yeah. What I mean? Yeah. Lawrence, Larry, whatever, get away from the goddamn window. Mm-hmm. Um, and we see Gilly kind of start to creep out a little bit at this point, and he has two guns. He has one in each hand, which I think always think is funny because yeah. there's no way you're gonna be as good mm-hmm. that way. Oh, the, the first thing they do is they lock up the guns in the. Yeah. Prison uh-huh. safe. And the cell. The cell, yeah. There's like the one cell. Yeah, it's prison. not even like a safe. It's like just a cell yeah, that was pretty cell. wide bars. Yeah. Which I thought what Ethan Hawke was going to do. I thought he was going to be real like strategic about this. I thought he was going to hide in the cell. Mm-hmm. And then when they put the guns there, he would have the guns. Oh, that would have been That's smart. what I thought. He was I thought that would be kind of cool, but that's not what happened. Yeah. Because they do this whole thing about hiding the guns in the cell. I thought like this should be relevant to the plot. And that would have been cool because, like, he comes in, he only has a pistol, but now he has all the guns. Mm-hmm. That would have been cool. Yeah. But I think they missed the opportunity there. Yeah. Like, he's, like, hiding under the bunk. This is what I was thinking. He's hiding under the bunk. They put the guns in, walk out. He grabs the guns. Obviously, he takes a spare key or whatever so he can get out. And then mm-hmm. now he's armed. Or better yet, he just shoots the lock. Yeah. With, like, a rifle. True. That would be fun. Mm-hmm. I would enjoy that. Yeah. Um, I will say one thing about this movie. I don't know how, like, uh, conscientious they were of, like, bullet count. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because, um, I mean, he did pull that whole belt of bullets off of the priest. Yeah. But, like, it seems like he's not taking any time to reload. Or we don't see it. Well, okay. He doesn't actually shoot that many times. That's true. He shoots Harris once. Yeah. He shoots Tubby once. Yeah. And then the rest of his bullets are spent on... He shoots at John Travolta a couple times. Does he? Yeah. So, first... When they, like, first talk, they're, like, behind one of the buildings, and he's, you know... And John Travolta shoots at him, and he turns around. I think he shoots back. Oh, yeah. I guess you're right. So, that's let's say that's four. Yeah. He's in the two bullets. But, okay, but then shortly thereafter, he goes out, and there, he and John Travolta are standing in the middle of the of the one street. Yes. And John Travolta's like, listen, we can, t- we can work this out. Just, like, no one needs to kill anyone. Yeah. And then Gilly comes out, and he makes a mess of everything. Yeah, but just before this happens, John Travolta, when we have that little shootout between John Travolta and uh, Ethan Hawke, like, behind the buildings... Mm-hmm. Um, John Travolta's like, Ethan Hawke's like, I've got to kill this dude. He killed my dog. And then John Travolta's like, well, I didn't know that. That sucks. I'm sorry. He's a real piece of shit. But you see the predicament I'm in. I'm the marshal of this town. I wouldn't be a very good marshal if I let you go around killing people. Gilly's my son. I wouldn't be a very good father if I let you kill him. And then Ethan Hawke's like, yeah that's fair enough 
they're both kind of at like an impasse. They're just like, well. And John Travolta was George W. Bush and Ethan Hawke was Barack Obama. Is that what I was That's doing? That's what you sounded like. <laughs> uh, fool me once. Shame on you. Fool me twice. Uh, won't get fooled again. Now watch us drive. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's true. Fair enough. But uh, I've got to kill uh, your son. Yeah. No offense, but I think your John Travolta sounded more like George W. Bush than your George W. Bush. Uh, so if you could like somehow marry the two, then well, I think I you would be. I don't even know what I was. I don't even know what I was. I've lost it now. I'm sorry, but if you could somehow marry the two, then I think you would be at George W. Bush for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just, just some workshopping here. Um, yeah. Okay. So Ethan Hawke and Gilly are out in the street, and John Travolta is in the middle. Yes. And Gilly is like, "Get out of the way, Dad." Yeah. And he's like, "No, no, no! Listen, we no one has Let's to die sort here." This out. And then Gilly starts shooting. Yeah. And then Ethan Hawke starts shooting, and they both shoot John Travolta a lot. And this is where I think the bullet count thing kind of comes mm, into mm. question because they shoot so much in this scene. Well, I think most of the shooting is Gilly. I think Gilly puts most of the bullets into. I think they both shoot a lot. Mm-hmm. I d- I just think that they both shoot more than is physically possible. Well, I think he's probably had time to reload in between. Still, I just remember. I just felt like it was like really a lot. Yeah, I guess so. I don't know. But he had enough bullets in that belt. Listeners, go back, watch this movie on HBO Max like we did, uh-huh. and uh, let us know what you think. I don't think the, I just don't think the bullet bullet science was that ridiculous. Okay. The bullet math. I just well, because I really enjoyed it, and that led me to believe that it was lots and lots of bullets. You enjoyed how much shooting was happening. Yeah, I thought it was ridiculous that they just kept <laughs> shooting him, and he was standing in the middle of them. Yeah. Yeah, I like I like a big shootout. Well, okay, let's I say like Ethan big, Hawke reloaded shootout. in between his first shootout with John Travolta. Yeah. Now I think he had enough time to do that. Yeah, and then Gilly has two guns, which is so that's twelve. Twelve. Eighteen. Right. Why is that eighteen? What's twelve plus six? Oh, oh, you're saying Ethan Hawke had one gun. Yeah, Ethan Hawke had one gun. Yeah, that's six. eighteen. And then Gilly had two guns with six. I think that all guns were had six. Yeah, I know. So that's. I, I think, thought that I they both shot more than they had. I think eighteen is. I think it's if uh, eighteen feels right. I think it was eighteen bullets. Okay. Well, we don't have it in front of us. Yeah. Um, I I don't think it was. I don't think it was. I don't think it was more than that. Okay. Well. We'll agree to disagree. <laughs> I, I don't have a problem with with bullet math not working out. I think it's fun. I enjoy that when it's like, it's like just like mildly absurd mm-hmm. to have people shoot way more than their means. Yeah. You know what I mean? I don't know. I enjoy that. And that was something I liked. And now you're ruining it for me. <laughs> <laughs> I just think you're you're overstating the, the bullet math inaccuracies. That's all. Okay. So, yeah, then Ethan Hawke gets out of the way mm-hmm. and he goes into a barn where he sees his horse. And he's been wounded, too. He's been wounded. And he's yes. out of bullets. Yes, he's out of bullets. He's been wounded <laughs> and he sees his horse and he talks to her for a second. Yeah. What is his horse's name? Lady. Lady. Yeah. We're getting out of here. <laughs> Doesn't sound like Ethan Hawke. 
Well, you, well apparently my John Travolta sounds like George <laughs> Bush, so I'm doing something different. Lady, we're getting out of here. I yeah. don't know what that's supposed to be. I don't know. Um, I did not. Yeah, that's what it sounds like. Lady, we're getting out of here. Um, and this is when we see kind of one of the most dramatic moves of the movie. So after you think he's kind of down, like he's done for, but he manages to get up to the scaffolding of the barn mm-hmm. and Gilly comes in and you think, oh no, Ethan Hawke's done for, but he's not, he has a noose hanging from the scaffolding and he drops it down around Gilly's neck. Then he jumps down, which yeah. raises Gilly. So he's like hanging uh it was pretty wild i yeah yeah and then ethan i was like why'd you kill my dog yeah he lets go and he starts like just like beating him to a pulp yeah but he doesn't kill him yeah i think he's just too worn out yeah he just falls down he's just mad yeah and then gilly gets up and is like standing there ready mm-hmm. to kill ethan Hawk. and then he gets shot yes by taste of farmiga yeah you go girl this is one of those things where like you know, in revenge movies, usually there's, like, a very gruesome death saved for the main person. Mm-hmm. He kind of got off a little easy, you know? He just gets mm-hmm. shot once, not even by Ethan Hawke, you know? Yeah. Well, I kind of like this better because, I mean, he had been mistreating Taste of Farmiga for bef- yeah. before the movie yeah. even started, yeah. you know? Yeah. So, she, I mean... Like, she has more of a claim. She probably has more of a claim to yeah. revenge than, than Ethan Hawke does. Like, like it's, you know, sad that he killed Ethan Hawke's dog. Yeah. But, like, that was going to be her brother-in-law. And he was a shitty guy who mistreated everyone in the town for as long as she'd been alive, probably. Yeah. So, you know, good for her. Yeah, no, she earned it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and then this is when I was like, uh, the fuck, excuse me. Where Ethan Hawke's on the ground, you know, kind of recovering her, mm-hmm. taking it in. And Taste of Farmiga gets down on the ground next to him. And they're so close. It looks like they're going to kiss. Yeah. And I was like, They're uh, going for it, but then they don't do it. Yeah, they don't. They just hug. And then they touch foreheads. Yeah. Which is so much more intimate than kissing, honestly. It was a lot. Mm-hmm. And I was like, excuse me. This man is 35 years older than her. Yeah. She's like a baby. Supposed to be playing a 16 year old. Yeah. They decided that. They made that choice. They could have not. Yeah. Yeah. It was weird. Yeah. That That was was the one thing I was like, she could have been however old she actually was. Yeah. I mean, I think that, you know, I I feel like it was another one of those weird choices that they made to make it feel like of the time, you know? Mm hmm. But it was insane that I think we, this is something we didn't talk about. She was supposed to have already had a husband who left her. Yes. At 16. Yes. And I feel like that just, again, like unnecessary. Yeah. You know. Anywho. Um, then she helps him back into the hotel to clean him up. And while they're on their way, they pass the priest who's come back into town. Yeah. And he says, you should stick around a while, father. We could all use a little saving. Yes. Yeah. But who's all? Everyone's dead. <laughs> yeah. Well, I just assumed Ethan Hawke was going to become the new marshal in the town. Yeah, me too. I thought he was going to stick around. Yeah. And we could get, you know, in a valley of violence to 
even more violent. Yeah. That'd be fun. It's true. Well, this movie made 45 cents at the box <laughs> office. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I was going to pull up some reviews, but they're really all about the dog. <laughs> it's like the dog is great. One of the, I think the time review is like, yeah, the movie got worse after the dog died. It's <laughs> <laughs> funny. The Wikipedia article said that the dog jumpy mm-hmm. was trained by the same person that trained the dog from the artist. Oh, okay. That I believe yeah. that. Yeah. So a very talented trainer, apparently. Mm-hmm. Good job, Jumpy. Yeah. Um, yeah, so Stephanie Zacharek for Time magazine said when the dog dies at the end of the film's disreputable, enjoyable disreputably enjoyable first act, the movie's spirit dies too, never to recover. Mm. Um, and we also have a review from the New York Times by Jeanette Katsoulis, who says, uh, about Ethan Hawke, she says, Mr. Hawke uses his wide open features to underscore the character's aversion to violence. She's like, sure, yeah, I don't know, I think Ethan Hawke did a good job, but about the movie itself, she said, In a Valley of Violence nevertheless feels exasperatingly two-dimensional. In only one scene, a wrenching campground ambush, does Mr. West demonstrate the facility for dread and recognition of the moral weight of murder that elevated more than one of his previous movies. Mm-hmm. This time, his minimalist leanings give the proceedings an air of casual artifice and emotional vacancy as if he decided not to push himself too hard. He should have taken his cue from Abby, catching flies and building a campfire. This scruffy star leaves it all on the stage. Oh. Yeah. Well, what did you think? I actually really enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's it's. I I'm not like huge on westerns, mm-hmm. to be quite honest. As I mentioned, I didn't get through the good, the bad, and the ugly, and I'm never really. I just never really connected to older westerns. Um, it's a problem I have with older films in general, to be quite honest. That's a personal failing, I think. Um. But yeah, no, I actually really enjoyed it and I I do like movies that are just kind of like humorously violent. Mm-hmm. Like I really enjoy Kingsman mm-hmm. and uh, uh, Shoot 'em Up mm-hmm. and movies of that kind of vein uh really appealed to me and while this wasn't as like stylized in that same kind of way as those movies it did definitely have a style and um you know the violence was like a little there was something about it i mean and this is kind of like the westernness i think but um it was just kind of like a fact of the movie was mm-hmm. that there was violence, you know, there was like shooting in it. Right. And I, I did enjoy that. And I thought Ethan Hawke was really good in it. I thought John Travolta was really good in it. Yeah. I really, I, I thought he was great. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I didn't love the relationship between Taysa Farmiga and Ethan Hawke just cause that makes me uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, but I did think that she was also good in it. Like I thought everyone was pretty good. Yeah. Um, and, 
and it's just kind of my my kind of movie mm-hmm. i just enjoyed it yeah well as someone who does appreciate westerns i feel like it's a very just like it's just like a genre flick you know what i mean like yeah it's it's not trying to be i mean it is a little subversive in a way because it's a little more like campy than a lot of westerns are mm-hmm. a lot of like classic westerns i think maybe older westerns were maybe campier but like the kind of silver age of westerns with like clint eastwood and all that stuff spaghetti westerns and all that stuff mm-hmm. those are a little more like they take themselves a l- little more seriously i guess i don't know the good the bad the ugly does have some silliness too but um but yeah it's just it's just like a f- fun genre flick like if you like western movies like this is just it just kind of does it hits all the 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 big beats of a western mm-hmm. small town man who loves his horse and his dog uh revenge revenge is like the number one driver of western movies you know yeah yeah i liked it i gave it a rating higher than the average on letterboxd Mm -hmm. which was i think like 3.1 and i gave it a Mm 3.5 3.5 is not bad i don't think that's that's a bad thing yeah i think that's fair yeah solid entertaining but Mm -hmm. not revolutionary and a great dog actor yeah um do you have something you'd like to share with me sure and our listeners and the people yeah uh the people folks it's time for a hawk fact and since we have no guests today why don't we do the noise why don't i do the noise well you and i thought we could both do it oh yeah i don't think i've ever done it before oh you should do it Where? <laughs> that was great i loved it <laughs> all right well today i'm reading about i mean today i'm sharing my hawk fact about Protecting your pets from birds of prey. You see, Ethan Hawke's dog gets murdered. And if you don't want your dog to get murdered by a hawk, you gotta take some steps. So we talked about about this before, um, about how a bird is unlikely to carry away your dog. Mm -hmm. But it could kill it. It could eat it. And if you have a small dog or a puppy... Small cat or a kitten, mm-hmm. rabbits, mm-hmm. guinea pigs, pet ducks or chickens. Lots of small things. They're all at risk. And uh, Cooper's hawks and sharp-shinned hawks are not likely to attack a pet because they're smaller. Uh, they're more likely to hunt like mice, songbirds, things like that. But great horned howls, northern gosh, goss hawks, and red-tailed hawks will could potentially kill your pets uh so the thing to do is to feed your pets indoors uh exercise in groups so if your pets are together in a group they're better off uh provide an enclosure supervise your pets that one's pretty obvious and also train your pets to ignore birds because if your uh Mm. small birds are prey for big birds and a hawk might it's hawk's attention might be uh more hawk might be more interested in your pet if it sees other small birds around mm-hmm. 
Yeah, so avoid feeding doves, quail, and other birds that eat on the ground or low feeders. These types of birds are most likely to attract larger hawks. And a hunting hawk can just as likely target a pet as a wild feeding bird. Uh, feed your pets indoors. Stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. This is from the Spruce Pets. <laughs> I like the Spruce. Mm-hmm. It's because I'm a suburban mom. Mm-hmm. That's true. Yeah. So thank you, Spruce Pets. Thank you, Spruce Pets. And thank you, Jonathan, for sharing that fact. Mm-hmm. Take care of your pets. Take care of Take your care pets. Take care of your dogs. Don't, like, don't let the hawks do to your dog what Gilly did to Ethan Hawk's dog. Mm-mm. Well, do you have any f- closing thoughts? No. No? Yeah. I, yeah, I liked it. Let's keep it short and sweet. Like the movie. Yep. Um, it wasn't that short, though. No, it wasn't. Yeah, it was, it was like, like... two hours. Yeah, almost. Yeah. Um... Okay, well, I have been Harper. You can find me on the internet at Harping About, um, Instagram, Twitter, Letterboxd, and such. Um, something I've been enjoying outside of Ethan Hawke is we watched The Muppets, the ABC show from 2015. It was so good. It was so good. It felt yeah, like... It was good. Uh like a premise for a sitcom from the 90s mm-hmm. with the writing f- like from uh, the late 2000s mm-hmm. and it t- was made in 2015 with the Muppets. Yeah. It was so good and it like wasn't afraid to be for adults. Yeah. Which I really appreciated. It That's probably why I had one season. Yeah, for sure. You know, it didn't, you know, not too many adults are like crazy, you know. Yeah. Look, trying to watch the Muppets show. I get yeah. that. But um, it was so good. And I thought that, like, what they did with Kermit and Miss Piggy and their relationship mm-hmm. was really, like, it, it felt like it was, like, written for people actors. Yeah. Which is, uh, you know, I feel like something that I I don't want to be too, too critical of the show because we haven't watched it all of it but uh, muppets now just Mm. came out the first episode and we started watching it and i was like let's not do this because (laughs) it felt like it was written for puppets Mm -hmm. you know which is which feels so different from the muppets 2015 show yeah which felt like it was written for people like it 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 gave them real human things to do and yeah. thoughts and things to say i don't know i just really loved it and i thought all the characters were very well done and it like still lived in that universe of the muppets while making them like fully realized characters mm-hmm. i loved it a lot i thought it was a really incredible show mm-hmm. and it had swedish chef and it had swedish chef do you want to do your impression Frogger. can you do <laughs> waffling waffling <laughs> Yeah, it was so good. I don't know, dude. That show is so good. I liked um, Pepe and Rizzo and Gonzo, their mm-hmm. friendship. Yes. Like Fozzie Bear and his human girlfriend. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, um, like Scooter and his relationship with Chelsea Handler. <laughs> <laughs> like it just did so many things so well. Josh Groban, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Anyway, okay, I'll stop talking about it now. But everyone, if you have Disney Plus, go watch The Muppets 2015. It was a great show. Yeah, I yeah. enjoyed it as well. Yeah. 
Jonathan, where can the people find you and what have you been enjoying outside of Ethan Hawk? Well, my name is Jonathan Zavalada. Um, you can find me on Instagram and Letterboxd at John Zavalada, J-O-N-C-A-V-A-L-E-T-A. I update my Letterboxd just to say that I've watched things. Um, so that's fun. Uh, a thing I've been enjoying, I enjoyed the Muppets show as well. I don't, I don't want to step on your thing that you enjoyed. No, sorry. I'm sorry. I should have chosen something else. I should have let you. No, not at all. I have other things I enjoy. Oh, okay, great. Well, you, you put on the trip and that was fun. With, mm, uh, yes. With Steve Coogan and, uh. Rob Brydon. Yes. And I realized that I am just Rob Brydon. <laughs> and I, I love do, that for you. I do my uh, al pacino impressions randomly i do do more de niro impressions which i can't do on this podcast because it's um visual only (laughs) and uh what other impressions did he do he did a michael Michael kine michael kine Kine. she was only 15 years old (laughs) 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 they said that so many times (laughs) (laughs) yeah Really and what a, he does a, he does a sweet he, he ventures into a swedish chef impression yeah and um which is just funny because you've been doing your swedish chef impression like all week yeah which isn't that great but you know what? no it's I good it's good Mm-hmm. yeah it sounds just like him thank you um so that was interesting yeah, um, yeah, I just, about Rob Brydon, I thought his best impression was actually his Hugh Grant impression. <laughs> it was so good. Like, mm. I wasn't looking when he started doing it, and I was like, oh my god, it's mm-hmm. Hugh Grant. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So good. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, okay, well, uh, you can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Hawkeye's Pod. As I mentioned, I'm deeply behind on posting, but I still try uh and you can also if you like the show and you want to wish me a happy birthday you could do that by going to apple Podcasts and leaving us a five-star review that would be awesome or four star no jonathan who <laughs> <laughs> set your expectations high here give do a big ask if they want to give us a four star they will but we're asking for five because yeah, give we're us worth six it stars, you cheap fucks <laughs> All right. Uh yeah, thanks. Love you guys. Bye.